glad to be in the house of the Lord. The older I get, the more surreal it comes every chance I get to come to church. It's like David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I don't know if you've ever been out of the United States, but most countries don't have as free of rights to be able to worship like we do here in the States. And there are still countries that people are getting killed for worshiping the God that we worship. But I'm glad that I could come in here on a Sunday morning. Amen. I didn't have to pay anything to be here today. But I got to step into the presence of the Almighty God. And I've just come to remind somebody that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Come on, if you came in here sick today, you can leave healed. If you came in here broken, you can leave healed. Oh, hallelujah. If you love Him, why don't you clap your hands, all you people, and lift up your voice and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. good in the house today and I believe that I've come with a word from the Lord it's such an honor to be here at this beautiful church you can be seated for a second I got to meet your beloved pastor and the wonderful nation of Brazil I've been pretty amazed the last few months how God works sometimes he's got to take you to another country to get you connected to people he wants you connected to but rest assured, God will always lead you to the people he wants you to be connected with. And I honor this man of God. He's a, he is a friend, and I look forward to our long friendship. I give honor to my friend, Sister Sherry. I also met her in Brazil. She's, she lives about 45 minutes or so away, and she came up to hear me preach, and I'm honored that she's here. Amen. And I believe the Lord's going to help us today. And to all you that are sick, stay away, get healed, and come home. I've been sick quite a few times the last few years, and I don't like being sick. So if you're sick, stay away from me. I can pray for you from over here. I'm just messing around. We're going to be reading from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35. If you could please stand again for the reading of the word. I don't know how you do it here, but I like to stand when I read the word. I won't keep you standing long. In the book of Mark, chapter 4, Verse 35, the Bible says, In the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Somebody say, Let us pass over. Verse 36 says, And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there was also with him other little ships. Say there were some other ships around him. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. The ship was full of water. Verse 38, and he was in the hinder part of the, sh the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm and he said unto them why are ye so fearful how is it that ye have no faith 
And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? And I'd like to direct your attention back to verse 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. With the help and grace of the Lord, I'm going to preach just for a little while the storm before the deliverance. The storm before the deliverance. And if you have your Bible, you can put it down. And let's just ask the Lord to help us one more time. Jesus, I thank you that your presence is already in this place. This is your house. This is your domain. God, and right now I'm asking you to speak to us. Give us revelation and insight of your word. Let your word minister to us. Let your word bring insight. In the name of Jesus, I take authority right now over every spirit demonic in the name of Jesus. I bind every distraction. I come against every sickness and disease. I speak the name of Jesus over every heart in this place. And by faith, I decree and declare healing is going to happen in this room today. I prophesy revelations coming in the name of Jesus. Amen. And if you love the Lord with all your heart, why don't you clap your hands one more time and lift up your voice and shout hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. Amen. We love you, Jesus. And you may be seated in the wonderful name of Jesus. The book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Something you got to understand is that we are not fighting humans. We are not fighting human intellect. We are not fighting with the government. But we are constantly in a battle between the devil and our minds. Now, just let me lay a good foundation real quick. The Bible says that our adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion, seeking about, roaming about, seeking whom he may devour. The devil is not trying to be friends with you. He's trying to devour you. Now, in the days of Peter, there were lions around those parts, so he had all the right to use a lion. He knew about lions, and I don't think it was an accident he chose a lion to compare the devil to. But if you know anything about a lion, a lion will sit back and wait for that right moment where maybe that, 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 that wildebeest is, is slowed down, is not thinking or whatever, and they wait till the last minute, and then they jump out. And they roar just before the kill. Mm. I just got to tell you, if God's ever told you to do something, you better believe there's a lion out in the field waiting to take you out. The devil's okay with you being a mediocre Christian who's lukewarm and does nothing for the kingdom. But the moment you decide, I'm going to do something, come on, you'll begin to awake things in your life that you never even knew were there. I, I think about the story of Jesus in the temple after he came out of the wilderness being tempted of the devil for 40 days. And the Bible says that a demonic spirit manifested while he was in the temple. 
I just got to ask the question, how long was that spirit there for? Praise God. How, how long, how many years was that demonic spirit just messing with people, keeping them lukewarm, keeping them blind? But when you start to operate in the spirit and you step into your kingdom purpose, all of hell starts waking up. That's why your family loves you until you get baptized in Jesus' name. Until you get filled with the Holy Ghost. And now you're fighting with your family, it seems. But what you don't realize is the devil is using them to try to distract you. That's why the book said, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. Somebody say spiritual wickedness. If you look around in our world, that should explain a lot of things. There are spiritual things in high places. Verse 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. This is something you've got to take. You've got to take what God has out there for you. The Bible says it's the gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's something you've got to receive and take for yourself. He cannot force himself on you. He can't force you to be faithful. He can't force you to be blessed. He can't force you to have a good spirit. But it's something that you've got to intentionally take. Somebody say, i got to take it. And having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I'm walking in the gospel. What's that? The good news of Jesus Christ. I'm identifying and I'm walking in the understanding that there has been a death, there's been a burial, but now there is a resurrection. Amen. And when you, you died out to your sins, when you repented and you were buried with him in baptism, you arise up in a newness of life. And when you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, now you've got resurrection power living on the inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. I don't want to take off too soon. 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You have the ability to believe, to speak, and have faith that will deflect all the darts of the enemy. You have the ability to get into a place with God where nothing can stop you. Praise God. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the what? The Word of God. The Bible. The Logos. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, this is where we're getting somewhere. We get a destination from God. This is how he works. He'll give you a, a, an assignment. Has anybody ever got an assignment? I want you to be a Bible study teacher. You know, I want you to be a preacher. Hopefully that's not happening to anyone in here. 
You're in for it. (laughs) But he said, praying always. If you don't have a daily prayer life, then you ain't got no shot at this thing. If you don't have a time that you pray every day for X amount of time, and you don't start your day off in prayer, you're setting yourself up for absolute failure. But he's saying in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching. Now, if you are asking something and you don't expect it to happen, that's not praying. This is prayer. When you ask something or you speak something, and then you watch expecting it to happen. That's why in the book of James he said, He that cometh unto God, the beginning, he that cometh unto God must believe that he is, that he is God, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, if you're not getting rewarded in your life, it's probably because you're not diligently seeking him. But beyond that, before you, you could diligently seek God and not have proper faith and understanding of God and limit him. That's why the Bible says that my people are destroyed for a a lack of knowledge. But when you get this knowledge, you've got power. We're getting somewhere here. So somebody say, I've got to pray. And I've got to watch while I'm praying. Now, if you pray and you don't expect it to happen, that's not prayer. But when you start to pray and you expect it to happen, that is prayer. That is prayer. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 9. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So. We get our destination where God's told us to go. We understand in our text, he tells his disciples, we're going to the other side. Somehow on the journey there, a storm happens. Disciples are in freakout mode. Have you ever been in freakout mode? <laughs> that one service you're taking up a special offering and you pledge $1,000. The next week, you get fired from your job. That's a storm. How about this? You, you make up your mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray every day for an hour. The next day, you catch the flu. And you don't start praying for an hour. And you forget about that pledge and that consecration that you felt the Lord pulling you to do. Listen, if you ever get something that you think's from God... And it's easy and you can do it in yourself. It's not from God. But the moment you get something that is beyond your abilities, now you are stepping into your kingdom destiny. Praise God. And he's telling these men in the book of Corinthians, don't be murmurers. Has some that have went before you and murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the children of Israel in the Old Testament. When they were in the wilderness for 40 years, they were murmurers and complainers. The Bible says that every person except for two people, Caleb and Joshua, above the age of 20 years old were all killed. And they could not enter into the promised land until every murmurer and complainer was killed. 
you got to be careful how you talk in the middle of a storm. Because the Bible says that the power of life and death lies in your tongue. You have the ability to speak life, and you've got the ability to speak death. You've got to be careful how you talk over your children. You've got to be careful how you talk over your spouse. You've got to be careful how you talk over your friends. Because you can either manifest life or you can manifest death. I feel like parking here for a moment. Tell some of you, you need to watch how you're talking. You need to change the way you speak. And I'm telling you, when you begin to get this revelation, you'll begin to see life come again. You'll begin to see God manifest. Oh, hallelujah. And the Bible says... In the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 27. And when he went forth to the land, there came him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time. So we, we're on the other side. We take off. There is a great tempest in the sea. The winds start rising up waves so bad that the ship is full of water. Jesus rises up, rebukes the wind. Now, it's important we get that part. He did not rebuke the water. He rebuked the wind. Somebody say he rebuked the wind. Now, it's really important we get this part right here. The book of Matthew, chapter 21. The Bible says in verse 21, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith, and doubt not, we're getting back to that same mentality of proper prayer. If you have faith and you doubt not, you shall not only do this, which is done to the fig tree. He's talking about when he walked past the fig tree and rebuked it. And the Bible says it was dried up from the roots. And he said it would bear no fruit the rest of its days. But also, if you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. So, when you're rebuking things in your life, you rebuke it, but then the next part is you got to cast it into the sea. So you can rebuke something and it not be killed, not be dead. But when you cast it into the sea, it shall be removed and it shall be done. And the Bible says in 22, And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, somebody say in prayer, in prayer. believing, yes. ye shall receive. So I guess really the question is, what do you want? What do you need? What can you believe God for? In the book of Ephesians, he said, unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundant, above all that we could ask or think, according to the what? The power that worketh in us. I'm here to tell you, you got power in your life. You got more power than any government official. You got more power, mm, hallelujah. You got more power than any president. You got more power than any ambassador because you are a child of the king. And what he has, to his ability, you have. Praise God. Now, I'm about to get really excited, so you gotta you either got to get on the train or you're just going to get left behind. Jesus looks at his disciples. We're going to the other side. Kind of like when your pastor says, we're about to have apostolic revival. He casts a vision. You follow your leader, just like the disciples followed their leader. In the midst of following the leader, all chaos breaks loose. 
I've been in church my whole life. And I'm just going to tell you, every time we're really digging deep, all hell breaks loose. 50 people leave the church. 100 people leave the church. And I'm just, pre- I'm being real here. This is how it works. Somebody in the congregation gets mad and offended. They cause division. Mm, praise God. And we are so often to accuse people for the destruction of things, but it's not them. There's a devil and an adversary who's looking to tear down anything good the people of God ever do. You follow your Bible and you follow the children of Israel. Anytime they ever did anything good, them dumb Philistines would come. And that's why the Bible says when David went out to, that, to, to the valley and he saw this uncircumcised Philistine mocking the armies of the living God. Let me just say this. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You can mock me all you want. You can say what you want to say about me. But at the end of the day, we win. Come on, my destiny's already sealed. My future's already sealed. Come on, the church is going to win. The Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. Come on, if he said you're going to go to the other side, you're going to the other side. If he said you're going to be an anointed person, you will be anointed. If God said, I'm going to use you for my glory, you will be used for the glory of God. David was a little boy when he was anointed king over Israel, and he didn't take that throne till he was about 30 years old. Let me tell you, that boy went through some storms. He went through some things that made him second-guess his destiny. He was trying to be—the king of Israel tried killing him on numerous occasions, and let me tell you, the king was his father-in-law. That's a storm. The apostle Paul was beaten numerous times. Shipwrecked a couple times. Imprisoned the majority of his true ministry. That is a storm. But when you're in the storm, you've got to learn, I ain't going to complain. I'm not going to be negative. But I'm going to remember what God told me. And if God said, I'm going to make it to the other side, there is nothing that can stop me from going where God has called me to go. Oh, you ought to clap your hands if you believe that. Come on. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Come on, if you're praying and nothing's happening, pray again. If you're fasting and nothing's happening, fast again. Come on, if you're trying to be a soul winner and every person you teach a Bible study to leaves and doesn't get anything, teach another Bible study. I'm here to tell somebody you're one prayer away from an absolute breakthrough. You're one prayer meeting away from your body being healed. You're one prayer away from that backslider coming home. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So he rebukes the wind. He rebukes the wind. Because the devil is the prince and power of the air. He doesn't rebuke the water. The devil ain't got no power in the water. Because the water, the blood, and the spirit, they agree. 
Praise God. And so he rebukes the wind. And he spoke peace to the water. Because there's peace in that water. Oh, there is peace in that water. The book of Luke chapter 8. No doubt his disciples are trying to figure out why in the world do we got to go the other side anyways. Because if you do your biblical research, the area they were going to was not a good place. And at this point in scripture, I do not know of anybody that ever ministered in this area. But this was a place that devils ruled in. But Jesus said, I got to get to the other side and take care of some things. That's why you've got to remember, if God ever calls you to do something that's never been done before, that's normality for him. He just got done doing some exploits over here, and he leaves the awesome things to go deal with demonic things. So here we go, picking up Luke chapter 8, verse 27. And when he went forth to the land, there met him out of the city a certain man. Somebody say a certain man. Which had devils long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. Somebody say, that's a messed up man. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. Now, the flesh and the rest of things that were alive in that man were what took him to Jesus' feet. But when he got to the feet of Jesus, now the demonic spirits start talking. That's how you can get to a place like you're in right now. And you got all them demons you face. And somebody will call an altar call. And you'll leave the same way you left. Because right as God's about to give you your breakthrough, them demons are talking. You'll never be free. You're never going to be delivered of that. God could never use you. You come from four generations of drug addicts and alcoholics. God can't use you. That's that dirtbag devil. And so the man runs to the feet of Jesus, and the devil starts speaking out of his mouth. And this is what the Bible says. In 29, for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for he oftentimes, for oftentimes it caught him. And he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. So he had chains on his arms and chains on his feet. And that evil spirit would break those bands from him. And he was driven of the devil into the wilderness. Now Jesus was not the only one who in the wilderness was tempted of the devil. But let me point this out. Before he could ever come and pull someone out of their wilderness, he first had to go through his own wilderness. Verse 30, and Jesus asked him, saying, what is thy name? And he said, legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. Now, we just read a few moments ago where the Bible said in the book of Matthew, verse 21, of chapter 21, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. The reasons why these demons asked him not to go out into the deep is because they knew that the moment they got put in that water, they were done. 
Their time in that area was done. So these demons are asking Jesus, hey, just don't cast us into the sea. Don't cast us into the deep. Praise God. In verse 32, and there was there unheard of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. Verse 33, then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. Pause. When a demon cannot stay in a person anymore, he would like to go into the next closest being to a human, which is an animal. Animals can be demon-possessed. I got Bible for it right here. If you, don't got, if you have Bible against what I'm saying, then there's a conflict of Scripture. Praise God. And so now the demons... They would still like to be in that region because they know if they can stay in an animal long enough, eventually they'll be able to find some human who will succumb to the spirit that they operate in. The same reason why a serpent beguiled and tempted Adam and Eve in the garden. All right, we're going to resume. Entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. Now, We'll put a tad bit in here for baptism. Learn a lesson from the swine. The swine understood that they could take them demons to the water and they would die. If you got demons in your life and things you can't overcome and you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Because when you step into the water, you've got jurisdiction to go in and come out. But when the devil goes in, it's got to stay there. It's got to die. It'll be choked out. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. If you're thankful that you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, you ought to clap your hands. All ye people, I'm thankful that I have a watery grave of baptism. That my sins were washed away. Those things that had me bound were broken in the water. Hallelujah. That's why in the Old Testament, Moses, when he took that rod over the Red Sea upon the commandment of the Lord and raised it over the sea, it parted. <laughs> and the people of God, we've got the right to go through the water and come out in newness of life. But you got to get this. When a de demon, when the devil goes through the water, he dies. That's why the enemy, when they were coming, the Egyptians, the Bible says that they all died in that water. However, thousands of men there were, their horsemen and their, their chariots, they all died. So, learn a lesson from the swine. If you got things in your life that you're not overcoming, and you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Bible says, in verse 34, when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Let me just tell you, Jesus, when he gets... When he gets working on you, number one, you're going to be clothed, and you'll be in your right mind. If you're struggling with depression today, let me tell you about a God 
who's able to do exceeding abundant. Come on, if you're struggling with addiction in your life, let me tell you about a God who can break any chain off of you. There is nothing that he's not able to do. He is the creator of the universe, the bright and the morning star. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And beside him there is no other. He is the alpha and the omega. And he is the soon and coming king. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Oh, hallelujah. And if you know his name, why don't you just say it? Jesus. What's the name that can heal? What's the name that can save? What's the name that can deliver? Come on, if you love that name, why don't you clap your hands and lift up the name of Jesus? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And this story is amazing. You know, he cast out legion. And a lot of people just think that that was the name of that one demon that was in that man. But I got something I want to point out to you. If you look up that word legion in the original, this is the definition of legion. A legion, a body of soldiers whose number differed at different times. And in the times of Augustus seems to have consisted of 6,826 men, 6,100 foot soldiers, and 726 horsemen. There's a very great possibility that there are over 6,000 demons in one man. This man was so jacked up that these spirits, when they were inside of him, would break chains when they would try to bind him. Isn't that how the devil works? When you get something that's actually binding you, he'll break it off of you to make you feel like you're not bound by it. The ultimate deception of the enemy. To think you're okay when you're really not okay. To think you're doing all right when you're really, your life's going down the drain. I can, I can handle a little bit of marijuana and live for God. I, I can drink a little weed. I mean, drink a little alcohol, smoke a little weed. I, I have a hold on my sin life, and I have a hold on my God life. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Listen, the Bible says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In the Old Testament, if you do your reading, you'd understand that he silences his ears to the prayers of unrighteous people. If you've got sin in your life, you cannot control that. Listen, if you give the devil an inch, he will go a mile. There is not one failed minister in all the earth that would tell you. He woke up one day and said, you know what? I want to destroy my marriage and I want to destroy the church I pastor." But at some point, there was an open area where sin slipped in. And when sin conceives, it brings forth death. Come on, when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Hallelujah. That's why when you're in the storm, 
You can't listen to the voices of this world. You can't listen to the opinions of people around you. But you've got to remember what God told you at the beginning of this trial, at the beginning of this storm. And if God said to you, you're going to make it to the other side, then you've got to get a made-up mind that no matter what happens, I'm going forward with God. No matter what happens in the world, I'm going to keep my eyes stayed on him. When I've done all that I know to do, I'm going to stand there too. Uh, on the word of God. Uh, I'm going to pray until I see a change. Uh, I'm going to pray until chains fall off. Uh, I'm going to pray until my deliverance come. Uh, I've come to preach to somebody and tell you uh, that this is the storm before deliverance. Uh, this is the devil's ultimate trick. Uh, this is the best he's got to offer. Uh, but I'm telling you, uh, you're not on a ship by yourself. Uh, you're on a ship uh, with Jesus. Uh, and when he wakes up... Uh, and he hears your prayers, he's going to get up and rebuke the wind. And when he rebukes the wind, the waters are going to be peaceful again, and you're going to make it to the other side. I've come to tell somebody, when you get out of this storm, there's somebody on the other side that's waiting for you to come over and cast out them 6,126 devils. Well, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that somebody persevered through a storm in their life so that one day they could come up to me and lay their hand on me and pray me through some junk. Aren't you thankful today that somebody made up their mind, I'm going to fight for this. I'm going to stand up for righteousness. I'm going to live in peace with God and peace with man and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus needed to go to an area that was a demonic stronghold. When God calls you to an area that seems unreachable, it's because God is trying to break through in an area that he's never been in. That's why every time this church seems to have a breakthrough moment, all hell breaks loose. But I've just come to give this word to this church. This is the storm before deliverance. I wish somebody would grab a hold of this today. I'm telling you, this is a word that will get you through any hell. Come on, I'm telling you, when all your family turns their back on you, this is the type of thing that you can hold on to and say, you know what? My family may not love me. My family may reject me. My friends might all make fun of me. But God said, I'm going to take this person to the other side. God told me that he was calling me to do something greater. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, if you could just raise your hands. Let's pray. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody let this word get in your spirit. Come on, somebody receive this word right now. Hallelujah. Oh, 
Oh, come on, somebody, you need to make up your mind. No matter what I'm facing, no matter what the situation is, I'm going to be held faithful. I'm going to be faithful in the middle of the storm. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not going to be a murmurer and a complainer. I'm not going to be looking for a shortcut, but I'm going to stay true to the Word of God. I'm going to wait on Him until He shows up. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. The musicians can make their way up here right now. And if you could please stand. I've been through a lot of storms in my life. I, uh, I'm blessed to have grown up in a minister's family. And I'm just going to tell you, my family's been fighting devils for generations. And there's one thing that I have learned in my walk with the Lord. That when storms come, that is confirmation that I'm doing what's right. When I'm doing what I know to do and all hell breaks loose, that's my confirmation to let me know I'm in the will of God. Maybe you're here today and you're in the middle of the storm. And you just don't think it's ever going to end. Oh, it's going to end. But you got to understand that it doesn't end when you say it ends. It ends when he says it ends. Because when you get out of the storm, you've got to know without a shadow of a doubt, it was only God that got me out of this. Storms are what keep us humble. Storms are what let remind us that it's God doing the work in us. And when you've done all you know to do, got to remember that God is for me and there be more that are with us than they that are against us Bible says a third of the angels in heaven were kicked out that means that there are two thirds still fighting on our behalf so you think 6,000 devils in one man is a lot just times that by two and that's the amount of angels you got fighting for you every season of your life that's why the scripture says greater is he that is in us than he that is against us amen I'm going to invite you to come to this altar this is a family altar I'd invite you to come to this altar we're going to begin to pray a few specific prayers I believe God's going to visit us here in a few moments. Come on, if this word's resonated with you in any way, I want you to come to this altar. You may not be in a storm right now, but there's coming a day where you are going to be in a storm, and you need to understand that you're in the storm because you've been doing things right. pray a few prayers the first prayer we're going to pray 
is that God would help us to identify and discern when we are in a process that he has ordained for us. Because there are sometimes we go through things that are of God. And then there are other times we go through things that are of the devil. And when you're going through something that's of the devil, you have the right and the authority to shut it down. But if God is anointed for you to go through something, you can't stop that process. And let me just say this, if you do not understand and learn the reason for that process, you don't move on to the next thing. That's why some people stay in a kindergarten relationship with God for 30 years and they never go higher. But God's calling this church to a higher place. Amen. Let's just pray that right now. Lord, I'm asking right now that you would help us to discern when we are in a process that's been ordained by you or we are in a process that the devil is inflicting in our life. God, I'm asking that you would help us to discern when we are fighting hell or when heaven is trying to work things out in us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm asking that through every season of life, God, that you would give your people understanding and revelation through the storm. Come on. Just pray right now. Press through this. us to tame our tongues listen when you speak things out loud they can begin to manifest that's why when you say out loud I'm depressed <laughs> it's only a matter of time before you hit full state of depression but the Bible says to speak those things that are not as if they already are. So today, I'm just going to challenge you to learn to speak things that you want to see. Come on. I've been at some of my brokest states in my life, but I've just learned that if I just speak what I want to see, it's not going to be long before I see what I've been speaking. So if you are believing that God would bring home your children, then I, if I were you, I would say something like this. I prophesy my family's coming home. I prophesy my children shall be saved. 
I prophesy my children shall be delivered. Hallelujah. Come on, if you've got sickness in your body and you're believing God for a miracle, you ought to just start speaking it. I prophesy my healing. I prophesy my deliverance. I prophesy I will.